You're listening to L-Town Radio, the Livingston Library Podcast. There's practically no limit to what you can learn and see when you belong to the Livingston Library. From science and technology to grants and genealogy, our library is virtually an information galaxy. This library is yours and this library. Hello and welcome to the November 2022 episode of L-Town Radio, the Livingston Public Library podcast. I'm Joe, one of the librarians in the Adult Services and Acquisitions Department here, and I thank you for tuning in, dear listener. Coming up, Jessica will tell us about some of the best new books coming out this month. Hong Mei will share a favorite song, and we'll have even more staff recommendations for your reading and listening pleasure. But first... I want to do something we haven't done here on the podcast in nearly a year, and that is dig into the archives of The School Bell. If you don't know, The School Bell was a regular feature that ran in our local paper, the West Essex Tribune, decades and decades ago in the mid-20th century, and it was where students from the local schools wrote short stories or poems or brief reports or essays to share with the community, and I am just completely smitten by so many of the pieces that have been published in the school bell. As they say, kids say the darndest things, and sometimes uh, I just want to share some of those pieces with you, dear L-Town radio listener. Now, because November is Thanksgiving season, I have a couple Thanksgiving-themed school bell pieces here which I somehow missed during my research uh, last year when I read Thanksgiving-themed school bell pieces for our November 2021 episode. The first one I would like to share now is from the December 4th, 1952 edition of the West Essex Tribune. It was written by Nancy, then a sixth grader in Mrs. Schwartz's class at the Harrison School, and it is titled Perky the Turkey. One day, there was a little turkey named Perky born. He was a happy yet sad turkey because, well, I'm sure I couldn't tell it as well as he could. So here is Perky, the little turkey. Hello, I'm Perky the turkey, and I'm going to tell you why I'm happy yet sad. The day I was born, my mother died, and they used her for a turkey dinner. She always said if she had to be eaten, She'd rather be eaten by people who can't afford to buy a turkey. When she died, she was taken to a wealthy family who could afford to buy a turkey. Now, since she didn't get her wish, I said to myself, I'm going to make her wish come true. So tomorrow, I'm going to go over to the barns who are poor people and tell them they can kill me and eat me. That will make me happy, and if my mother was alive, it would make her happy, too. So long, folks! Thank you for that, Nancy. And our second piece was written by Arlene, 
then a fifth grader, which appeared in the November 26th, 1953 edition of the West Essex Tribune, and it is called simply Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is coming, so be on the lookout for turkeys and other animals. Yesterday, I saw a duck out in the road. I was thinking, if a car came along and hit him, it would bring happiness to someone. I am wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Well, thank you, Arlene, and thank you again, Nancy, for your stories, and thank you for doing as children often do, helping us see our traditions in ways we don't normally look at them. So one thing that I am thankful for this Thanksgiving season, aside from the usual stuff, my friends and family, my health, any other good fortune that I am blessed to have, I am very thankful for this new collection of stories by one of my favorite authors, George Saunders. Uh, the, the collection is called Liberation Day. It just came out in October. And George Saunders has been one of my favorite authors for uh, just about 15 years now. I actually remember in 2007, uh, it was shortly after uh, my all-time favorite author, Kurt Vonnegut, passed away. And I was reading an article about Kurt Vonnegut that was written by Dave Eggers. And at the end of the article, Dave Eggers said, well, if you're like me and you really love the work of Kurt Vonnegut, uh, you should also check out this up-and-coming author named George Saunders. And as soon as I could, I went to the bookstore and checked out a couple of short story collections by this guy, George Saunders, and was not disappointed and immediately fell in love with his work. I do find it uh, very similar to Vonnegut's work in that it often uses uh, fantasy or science fiction elements to tell stories um, of really complicated stories about very complicated issues and, and deep human emotions, although George Saunders uh, isn't quite as irreverent or uh, doesn't break the fourth wall quite as much as Vonnegut did. I still feel like George Saunders and Kurt Vonnegut are very much kindred spirits, which is one reason why I'm so glad George Saunders is still writing and keeping that spirit alive. I'm still working my way through Liberation Day. I've only read a few stories so far, but I'm already blown away by them. They raise really interesting questions through very complicated characters, um, asking questions about, for instance, uh, what is the proper way to protest against injustice and how far might be too far, or what is the proper way to defend your family and where is the line in that scenario. And there aren't really any easy answers. There are just really compelling short stories. Um, I'll read you what the publisher has to say on the back of the book. The best short story writer in English, according to Time Magazine, is back with a masterful collection that explores idea of power, ethics, and justice, and cuts to the very heart of what it means to live in community with our fellow humans. With his trademark prose, wickedly funny, and sent unsentimental, and perfectly tuned, Saunders continues to challenge and surprise. 
Here is a collection of deeply resonant stories that encompass joy and despair, oppression and revolution, bizarre fantasy, and brutal reality. Love Letter is a tender missive from grandfather to grandson in the midst of a dystopian political situation in the not-too-distant future that reminds us of our obligations to our ideals, ourselves, and each other. Ghoul is set in a hell-themed section of an underground amusement park and follows the exploits of a lonely, morally complex character named Brian, who comes to question everything he takes for granted about his reality. In Mother's Day, two women who loved the same man come to an existential reckoning in the middle of a hailstorm. And in Elliot Spencer, our 89-year-old protagonist finds himself brainwashed, his memory scraped, as a victim of a scheme in which poor, vulnerable people are reprogrammed and deployed as political protesters. Together, these nine subversive, profound, and essential stories coalesce into a case for viewing the world with the same generosity and clear-eyed attention Saunders does, even in the most absurd circumstances. Again, the title of the collection is Liberation Day, by George Saunders, published last month by Random House, and it is currently available in print or through Overdrive to check out with your Livingston Library card. And now, here to tell us about some more exciting new books that you can soon check out through the library, here is the head of our Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, Jessica. Hello, L-Town Radio listeners. Are you excited for new books coming to the library shelves this fall? Mark your calendars and save the date for these reads set to be published in November. Please note that descriptions are taken from the publisher. Novelist is a Vocation by Haruki Murakami, November 8th. A charmingly idiosyncratic look at writing, creativity, and the author's own novels from the beloved and best-selling author of Norwegian Wood. The Last Party by Clara McIntosh, November 8th. At midnight, one of them is dead. By morning, all of them are suspects. Secluded Cabin Sleep Six by Lisa Unger, November 8th. Three couples rent a luxury cabin in the woods for a weekend getaway to die for in this chilling locked room thriller by New York Times bestselling author Lisa Unger. The Light We Carry by Michelle Obama, November 15th and an inspiring follow-up to her critically acclaimed number one best-selling memoir, Becoming, former First Lady Michelle Obama shares practical wisdom and powerful strategies for staying hopeful and balanced in today's highly uncertain world. The Wilder Woman by Ruth Emmy Lang, November 15th. Ohioana Book Award finalist Ruth Emmy Lang returns with a new cast of ordinary characters with extraordinary abilities in The Wilder Woman. Hunting Time by Jeffrey Deaver, November 22nd. There are three rules of survival. Number one, never be without a means of escape. Number two, never be without access to a weapon. Shaw is about to discover number three. Which of these upcoming November reads are you most excited for? Thank you very much, Jessica. I personally am very excited to read that Haruki Murakami book. Like George Saunders, Haruki Murakami is one of my favorite fiction writers today, uh, has been for over 15 years, and Murakami has actually written a lot of great nonfiction too. He wrote a book about running that came out about 12 years ago. He wrote a really great uh, account of the 
Tokyo subway attack that happened in the 90s. So I'm very excited to see what one of my favorite fiction writers has to say about the art of writing. In fact, that reminds me about another book that I'm really excited to read, and it, it actually is just coming out this month. It's going to be published on November 1st by HarperCollins. It is called Cinema Speculation by filmmaker Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino, another one of my favorites, has been ever since I saw Pulp Fiction in the 90s. And uh, last year he published his first book, which was a novelization of his film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Cinema Speculation is a book of essays um, about cinema. And here's what the publisher has to say about it. In addition to being among the most celebrated of contemporary filmmakers, Quentin Tarantino is possibly the most joyously infectious movie lover alive. For years, he has hinted at his eventual turn to writing books about films. Now, with cinema speculation, the time has come, and the results are everything his passionate fans, and all movie fans, could have hoped for. Organized around key American films from the 1970s, all of which he first saw as a young moviegoer at the time, this book is as intellectually rigorous and insightful as it is rollicking and entertaining. At once film criticism, film theory, a feat of reporting, and a wonderful personal history, it is all written in the singular voice recognizable immediately as QTs, and with the rare perspective about cinema possible only from one of the greatest practitioners of the art form ever. So yes, I am personally very excited to read this book. Um, most of the chapters are about films in particular. Uh, as just mentioned, they're all films from the 70s, some of which I have seen, some of which I haven't. So I'm positive that this book is going to inspire me to watch every single film mentioned in this book. One other thing that's really cool about this is that there is a chapter um, called Cinema Speculation, where the book gets its title from, and it, the chapter is all about uh, speculating about how Martin Scorsese's film Taxi Driver might have been different if it had been directed by Brian De Palma, who I just learned was uh, the first director offered the script for Taxi Driver. And as we've seen in films like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or... Inglorious Bastards, uh, Quentin Tarantino, in the second half of his career, has kind of played with these speculative ideas and rewriting history and seeing how they might be different uh, if things played out different ways, how World War II might have ended differently, how the Charles Manson murders might have played out differently. So I'm really excited to read that chapter and the book overall. And speaking of movies, uh, I was also delighted to learn recently that uh, one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite movies of the past year was Top Gun Maverick, the movie starring Tom Cruise. That is, of course, the long-awaited sequel to the 80s action film Top Gun. I have not seen Top Gun Maverick myself yet, but I've heard pretty much unanimous praise from everyone I know who has saw it, including uh, my coworker Archana. And I'm excited to announce that the next installment of our Tuesday night movie series will be screening Top Gun Maverick on the big screen in our program room. That's going to be Tuesday, November 22nd, 
It's going to be starting at 6.30 p.m. It's earlier than our usual time because it is a longer film. It runs two hours and ten minutes. We're going to be screening it in English, along with English subtitles for the hard of hearing. There's no registration required. It is free and open to the public. And so I hope you will come to the Livingston Library on Tuesday, November 22nd for an exciting movie-going experience. And now to tell us about some more programs that you can see on our November calendar, here is Archana. Hello, listeners. A new month means new library programs. And here are some adult program highlights for November. First, I would like to draw your attention to two weekday afternoon programs. Now, do you browse the internet for health information, but you're not sure if you can trust what you find? Do you want to know how to find vetted and reliable medical information sources online? If so, please join Brittany Haliani, Director of Library Services at Cooperman Barnabas Medical Center on November 2nd at 2 p.m. as she presents Fact or Fiction, How to Find Accurate Health Information Online. She'll provide guidance on how to efficiently find accurate and updated health and wellness resources online. During this presentation, you will also learn tools to access an authoritative health website. Learn how to see if your physician is board certified and how to look up your physician's medical license. You will also learn how to access complementary and alternative medicine websites and how to evaluate health information shared on social media. Next, if you're looking to learn how to uncover your family's history and discover where you came from, make sure to attend Genealogy for Beginners on November 3rd at 2 p.m. Elise Ross of Last Leafs Genealogy, a professional genetic and traditional genealogist, will teach you how to get started on researching your family tree, find various sources of genealogical information, and how to organize your research. This is actually a two-part series. The second program on December 1st at 2 p.m., will focus on learning how to use the library's ancestry database to search for genealogical information. Following this, uh, to commemorate Veterans Day, we present a program entitled West Point, Duty, Honor, Country, on November 7th at 7 p.m. The United States Military Academy, also known as West Point, located 50 miles from New York City on strategic high ground overlooking the Hudson River, was founded in 1802 and is the oldest army post in the United States. It is the oldest of the five American service academies and educates cadets for commissioning into the United States Army. During the Revolutionary War, Gen General Benedict Arnold attempted to surrender the fort to the British. The army football team was a national power in the mid-20th century and produced three Heisman winners, Vince Lombardi coached at West Point. Graduates include Presidents Grant and Eisenhower, as well as Generals Douglas MacArthur, Robert E. Lee, and George Patton. So this illustrated slide presentation by Tom DeStefano, lecturer at Bergen Community College, will explore the history of West Point from its colonial beginnings to the present day. In November, we also celebrate Native American Heritage Month. Join us at the library on November 14th at 7 p.m. As we celebrate the life and work of Native American artist, Joanne Quick to see Smith, who was born in 1940 and raised on the Flathead Reservation in Montana. Speaker Janet Mandel will shed light on Smith's luminous work that addresses the myths of her ancestors in the context of current issues facing Native Americans. Her inspiration also stems from the work of Pablo Picasso, Paul Klee and Robert Rauschenberg. She uses paint, collage and found objects to produce both representational and abstract images.
Smith has had more than 80 solo exhibits over the past 30 years, organized and curated scores of native exhibitions, and lectured at almost 200 universities, museums, and conferences. Janet's talk will reveal how Smith's oeuvre creates a unique, intimate, and insightful visual language, grounded in themes of personal and political identity. It will also prepare you to enjoy the first retrospective of the artist's work, opening at the Whitney Museum of American Art in April 2023. Entitled Memory Map, it brings together nearly five decades of Smith's drawings, prints, paintings and sculptures in the largest and most comprehensive showing of her career to date. Now, lastly and most importantly, November is a time for thanksgiving, for being grateful for all that we have been given in our lives. Practicing gratitude is one of the simplest and most powerful accessible ways to live a more joyful, fulfilling life, regardless of what is going on in your life or the world. Gratitude is a positive emotion that helps naturally elevate mood, joy and appreciation, attract more good things into your life and provide a sense of balance and perspective. It also helps increase energy levels, optimism and productivity and has long-term mental health and emotional benefits. On November 21st at 7pm, we present an inspirational workshop led by licensed psychologist Dr. Margaret DeLong, covering simple, doable, powerful daily exercises in gratitude that will take less than five minutes a day. These will guide you from your first waking moments to when your head hits the pillow at the end of the day and will show you how to harness the power of gratitude to heal and grow at different moments in your everyday life. And with that, I would like to wish all of you a blessed and bountiful Thanksgiving. Thank you very much, Archana. And now let's welcome back to the podcast, Hung Mei, here, as always, to share one of her favorite songs. Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber have been friends for many years. They finally team up for their first duet, Stuck With You. Although Ariana and Justin have quite different vocal and music styles, they managed to find a sound that suits both of them. The lyrics are all about locking yourself up with your loved one and having nowhere else to go. Stuck With You won awards for Best Music Video From Home at the 2020 MTV Video Music Awards and Favorite Music Collaboration at the 2021 Kiss Choice Awards and raised 3.5 million for First Responders Children's Foundation. During our break time today, let's enjoy their duet, Stuck With You. Thank you for sharing that, Hong Mei. And speaking of music, another one of Pop's biggest stars recently released a new album. And here to talk about that once again is Jessica. 
Hello, L-Town Radio listeners. Did you know that with your Livingston Library card, you have access to Hoopla Digital? Hoopla Digital is a digital platform available both through the browser and through the app that allows you to borrow ebooks, audiobooks, movies, television shows, and new music. As many of you know, Taylor Swift recently released her latest album called Midnights. Midnights is also available for you to borrow and listen to through Hoopla. As a Swifty at heart, I could dive deep into what I think each song is about and the hidden meanings, but I will spare you and instead share some of my favorite lyrics from Midnights with you. He wanted a bride, I was making my own name. Chasing that fame, he stayed the same. All of me changed like midnight. You were standing hollow-eyed in the hallway. Carnations you had thought were roses, that's us. From sprinkler splashes to fireplay ashes, I gave my blood, sweat, and tears for this. I hosted parties and starved my body like I'd be saved by his perfect kiss. When my depression works the graveyard shift, all of the people I've ghosted stand there in the room. But your eyes are flying saucers from another planet. I invite you to borrow Midnight's from Hoopla and discover what your favorite lyrics are. See you next time. Bye. Thank you again, Jessica. What you just heard is a clip from Antihero, which is the lead single, and one of the songs Jessica quoted from Taylor Swift's new album, Midnights, which, again, you can stream on hoopladigital.com using your Livingston Library card. And you know what? That reminds me. One of my favorite musicians also has a new release out, Um, although The new release in question is not a new album, but a collection of poetry. So uh, the book is called Orlam. The author is PJ Harvey, who, again, is uh, an artist I've been enjoying for much of my life since the mid-90s. She recorded albums like Rid of Me and To Bring You My Love and Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea, and Let England Shake, all classic albums, all of which you can also stream on hoopladigital.com. And Orlam is her new book of poetry, the first one she has published. It came out last month from Picador. And here is the publisher's description. Nine-year-old Ira Abel Rawls lives on Hook Farm in the village of Underwhelm. Next to the farm is Gore Woods, Ira's sanctuary, overseen by Orlam, the all-seeing lamb's eyeball, who is Ira Abel's guardian and protector. Here, drawing on the rituals, children's songs, chants, and superstitions of the rural west country of England, Ira Abel creates the twin realm by which she can make sense of an increasingly confusing and frightening world. Orlam follows Ira and the inhabitants of Underwhelm month by month through the last year of her childhood innocence. The result is a poem sequence of light and shadow suffused with hints of violence, sexual confusion and perversion, the oppression of family, but also ecstatic moments in sunlit clearings, song and body humor. The broad theme is ultimately one of love, carried by Ira's personal Christ, the constantly bleeding soldier ghost Wyman Elvis, who bears the word, love me tender.
Orlam is not only a remarkable coming-of-age tale, but the first full-length book written in the Dorset dialect for many decades. Orlam also reveals P.J. Harvey as not only one of the most talented songwriters of the age, but a gifted poet whose formal skill, transforming eye, and ear for the lyric line have produced a strange and moving poem like no other. Now, if I may, I'd like to read two short poems from the book to give you a a sample. As mentioned in the description, uh, this book is written in the Dorset Dialogue of England, um, as well as in English. So I'm going to read the English versions, of course, and uh, because they are divided up by month, I thought I would read two poems from the November section. The first one is called Twigs. Hail the sunset of the year, crimson on the soldier's tears. Tender silence veil our gore, shroud I o'er in nevermore. And here is the second one titled All Souls. A carnival, a flesh farewell, omens rising from the dead. Wyman Eldis calls our girl and counts the ash to where he bled. At the first, a crimson mist. At the second, sleeplessness. At the third, a broken tryst. At the fourth, lonesomeness. Hollow in the goose grass leaves, hollow in the soldier's tears. As the riddle river grieves, Wyman Elvis disappears. Only in a scrap of flesh, hooked upon the heart's tongue fern, and only by her own goose flesh, knows she sometime he'll return. Again, those are poems uh, from Orlam, the new book of poetry by P.J. Harvey, published last month by Picador. You can check it out in print from the Livingston Public Library, uh, along with Liberation Day by George Saunders and Soon Cinema Speculation by Quentin Tarantino. And with that, the time has come to end this episode of L-Town Radio. Thank you again, dear listener, for tuning in, and I hope you'll tune in again next time. Thank you to Jessica, Hongmei, and Archana for your contribution. Oh, and don't forget, if you would ever like to contribute a segment to the show, feel free to shoot us an email at livysocial at gmail.com with a short audio clip of your potential contribution. Now, we can't promise it'll make it on the show or that we can respond to all submissions, but if we do want to include it, we promise we will let you know. As always, you can listen to and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Plus, you can follow us all over the internet on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, not to mention our daily blog, which is at blog.livingstonlibrary.org. And we hope you'll come visit us in person since we are open seven days a week for browsing and borrowing and all your other librarying needs. And until next time, stay safe, stay kind, and stay curious. Stay curious.